0: Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Finuff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Phnef Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm.
1: Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us
0: on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. Today, we're discussing cremation jewelry options. Some people choose to memorialize their loved ones by wearing a piece of jewelry that includes a small portion of cremated remains. Artisans use the granules of cremated remains to create unique and beautiful pieces of art, such as necklaces bracelets, and charms. Our guest today is Vangie Collins. She's the owner-operator of VC Lampwork's Cremation Jewelry in Chatham, Massachusetts. Mandy, I know you're very familiar with Vangie's work.
1: Yes, Vangie is a wonderful artist in person, and her glass pendants and beads crafted with cremated remains inside are simply breathtaking.
0: I had no idea what lampwork was. Why don't you explain to our guests what lamp-style, lampwork-style glass jewelry is? Okay.
1: Um, so I, it originated in Italy, and lampwork is simply a, it's a style of making beads, a particular technique in making beads where glass is melted and wound onto a stainless steel rod, and the beads are created in that form, that manner. Okay. Okay. So it's nothing like blowing glass? It is. There is absolutely no blowing involved okay. in my process.
0: So how did you become interested in, um, A, glasswork, glass art, and then thinking that, hey, we should get someone's cremated remains and put them in there.
1: Well, it all started when I went to a, what I thought was a craft fair, and it ended up being a bead show. And I purchased a glass bead. I was immediately just drawn to it, to the color and the texture and how how they felt. And I just kind of fell in love with the beads, started buying beads, and just one morning, literally one morning, getting ready to go to work, decided I need to learn how to do this. And my husband was right on board with me. We took a class, as a matter of fact, right here in Manchester, New Hampshire. And three months later, I had my first uh, studio, which wasn't very professional, but it worked. And uh, everybody's going to start somewhere. That's right. That's right. Uh, and I'm, but I'm still working in the basement, so it hasn't <laughs> hasn't gotten much better from that. Um, and the way it turned, so when I started, I was just making beads for fun. I was just working with color and form and. Uh, One of my customers at that time um, had a pet who passed away, and she asked me if there was any way to add some of the ashes into a bead, and I started experimenting with the ashes of my own dog that had passed away years before, and uh, the monster was born. (laughs) And how long ago was that? That's probably going on like eight or nine years. Okay.
0: You've been doing this a little while.
1: Quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. And how's it going? I still love it. It's going really well. Really well.
0: So um, we were just saying before the break, there's all kinds of stuff you can buy online and this, and there's a million people that are, you know, some, someone that has a, you know, w- w- I make the analogy, someone that has a um, a potter's wheel, everyone thinks, oh, great, I'm, I can, I can, I can make urns, um, same thing. So what makes yours different and what are the, pr- you know, what, what price range, because I'm assuming everything is custom since it holds specific cremated remains, you obviously wouldn't want a cremated remains of someone else. And That's be, correct. It quite be as meaningful. So um, yes,
1: every order is custom. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry, you asked about three questions, give me the first one. Uh,
0: <laughs> what's, what's the price range? I mean, what, well, my price range,
1: I'm, I'm actually very sensitive to that. Um, I've struggled in my life, mm-hmm. and so I feel it's really important to have something right for every single budget. So okay. my prices are as low as $40, and as high as... One twenty-five, one fifty, and even that is very reasonable. Mm. When you look at the world of cremation yeah. beads, it's yeah, very absolutely. reasonable. I absolutely.
0: Mean, I've seen custom glass. I mean, I've seen you know thousands of dollars that people can spend on absolutely on these types of absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yep. Now, when I hear the word bead, I think of bracelets. But uh, what else can you do with them besides a bracelet?
1: Well, in in my case, where I make the cremation beads, mm-hmm. I also offer other accessories. So I can make a bead a substantial size bead that can be worn as a pendant. And so Mm -hmm. my husband is actually in this process with me, and he creates some of the hardware so I can create a pendant. I can use a bead to create a sun catcher, adding several other beads like uh, Swarovski crystals and sterling silver. Um, I create... uh, I, I make several beads. If somebody wants prayer beads, like a rosary, mm-hmm. I can make a number of beads, the, the appropriate number of beads, and create a rosary. Uh, also, finished. Cremator remains are in
0: each of the beads. In every
1: single one of the wow, beads. Wow, that's a work. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's time consuming, but it's really a lovely experience. I mean, it's it's really a beautiful experience. So I make lots of other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, tie tacks, keychains, um, remembrance beads that are kind of like a worry stone. That's sure. it's kind of how people. Uh, refer to them and that's about it. I mean a lot of different kinds of earrings, mm-hmm. just different shapes, different forms, different detail. Um, What's the weirdest thing you've made? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything that In I In general or with Queen <laughs> Made Wow, Well, that's a different show. <laughs> yeah, different. Uh, so nothing really no, really out of the ordinary. No, I if Somebody I say, hasn't come to you and said, you know, can you make me a glass slipper with my... No, okay. no, but I'm okay. I just actually just thought of one. I had a customer whose mother had passed away and her mother was known for her love of ladybugs. Oh, cute. And she asked me if I could create a bead to resemble a ladybug. And I didn't make any promises, but I'm known for attacking almost any challenge and i made the sweetest little red bead with the little black dots and the little antennae and she wears it every day as a matter of fact she sends me pictures we've actually become something like a you know there's been a friendship there Mm. um because it was very special to her Uh, i would say another really interesting thing which actually surpasses it goes past the cremation beads i recently was um commissioned to make some beads with flowers. So someone got married and I've actually hmm. made beads with flowers after a funeral mm-hmm. service um, where you're not going to see a leaf or a flower, but it does leave a certain, I call it a smudge sometimes for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, but. So you use so like, like dried petals? It's Correct. Yeah. Correct. So if I receive them and they're fresh, mm-hmm. I'll put them in my microwave, dry them mm-hmm. and then add them. I can add fur. I can add uh, hair. I've added sand. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of different options. All beautiful. Can you personalize items, you know, etching, engraving, that kind I of thing? I do. In terms of etching or engraving, I call it stamping. I mm-hmm. created a uh, pendant. Well, I got the idea actually from a customer that brought a piece, and so I decided that I could do it, but differently in my own way. So I get a blank piece of sterling silver, about the size of a silver dollar, and I can stamp in the name of a loved one, maybe the day, the, their birth date or the, the day that they, they were deceased um and then to that I add a bead that kind of hangs in front of the Mm -hmm. blank um can you directly engrave or etch the glass I cannot no no I cannot there there are some people that actually play with that and I just don't think it's clean enough Mm -hmm. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. sharp enough so Mm -hmm. I really rather not play with the glass that way so
0: if how much how much cremated remains are put aside we had a cremation show back a number of weeks ago and um, I think we talked, about the average adult it's anywhere from four to six pounds of cremated remains. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're not putting six pounds of cremated remains. You need a, need a lot of beads for that. That is correct. So, if someone's interested in doing it now, maybe thinking about it in the future, and they're burying you know burying the urn with cremated remains, how much how much should they put aside?
1: Really, a teaspoon or a tablespoon, and even that amount, they're 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 still going to receive much of that back. Back. Okay. I ask for that amount because of the process of making the bead. Um, but it's really a small amount. It doesn't take a lot at so all. So whatever
0: you don't use, you return back to the. I do. back to the family. I unless do. Unless they ask you, if, unless they don't want it back. For I. It's
1: rare that okay. I'm asked to um, get rid of the beads or to dispose of them myself. But I've had some occasions where people have asked me to sprinkle them in my in my uh, uh, flower garden um, or to use them. Actually, I've had a couple of people say to that same say to me, "Okay, if somebody comes to you and you need to kind of play with an idea, please feel free to keep." The, the remains and play with those
0: and you know, oh, it'll kind of nice. be an honor yeah. yeah
1: to kind of pass that on so i've done that a few times
0: so with the bead making process does it change when you add cremated
1: remains how do you alter your process for that so when i make a bead that uh, is not going to uh, contain any ashes and i just use the, the colored glass create what i'm going to create and i'm done with a cremation bead let's say somebody wants one in aqua blue because their loved one loved the ocean I make my design with the aqua blue, I always, with cremation uh, beads, I always encourage people to just allow me to decide um, that the transparent colored rods are the best. So I'll, I'll make my design with that colored rod, then I'll add the ash, and then I will encase all of that with the clear. So when I'm done, when I'm done making, creating the bead, it goes right into a kiln and it sits there for a good eight hours, it sits there overnight. Um, and you can very clearly see what I call the speckles. So I, I very carefully add the ash so that it's not a clump of ash; just, it's just a sprinkling of ash. So it looks very beautiful. Sort
0: of looks like a little solar system or a galaxy. It's sort of all around. It's that, a, yeah, it's not that's a big true. dark spot in the middle. Exactly.
1: Of and I could do the dark spot you know, if somebody right. just wants well, if that's the effect they want. I can make that happen. But mm-hmm. I think it's much prettier.
0: So from the time you get the cremated remains, how long? Um, Along with, until the family, I remember, to get them back. I know there was a company, and they still may be around. They actually would take cremated remains, which is which is carbon, mm-hmm. and they would use pressure, and they would create synthetic diamonds. You've probably heard of this. I and, have heard of it. And But it was like a six- to eight-month process, and people were saying, you know, I don't want to wait eight months. Correct. So what what's the time frame when people are, I mean...
1: It's it's actually quite short. I have the luxury of being retired from my regular job, mm-hmm. and so I do this full time. And so my turnaround time from the day that I receive ashes is about five days. So oh, wow, I, that's I, really fast. I usually sure. I usually ask for seven to ten days just to yeah. give myself a little cush, but it's about five days. Yeah.
0: And how do people do? They come visit you in your studio? Is it? Can they order online? Yeah. Do you go visit them? Do they? coordinated through a funeral home? How does it all, what's the the sort of the sales process? Yeah,
1: the majority of my business, it actually comes, it's all pretty much word of mouth or basically people tell me I found you on Google. Um, and if they are local and can travel, and I've had people travel quite long distances, they can come to my home. I've mm-hmm. I've lost my my husband. and I have lost our living room to this to my <laughs> to my visiting studio. I have it's two sacrifice studios. You have mm-hmm. to make yes, we do. Um, so I have this room in my home where I meet customers, and the actual work happens in the basement where mm-hmm. I have my torch. Um, but people come to my home. We I feel it's very important, at least to me, to personalize these beads um and that is what makes it special for me if if i ever felt like i was becoming a factory of just making beads and passing them on i don't think that i would it would last very long as a Mm -hmm. business Um, so we sit and we talk about their loved one what they loved what they you know what they disliked um, you know what they liked to do what was most important to them in their lives Um, i always ask for photographs none of that is mandatory it's just something that i ask for
0: does that help the photographs of the of the person that passed away? That's correct. Does it sort of help you from a creative standpoint? I mean, I'm not yeah you're talking to the least creative person in the universe (laughs) right here. So but so does it does it help does it inspire you in terms of
1: you know, I hope that it does. My Mm -hmm. my intention and my approach is that I want to personalize this bead. And so when I am ready to fill an order, Mm -hmm. I pull out my paperwork, I look at my notes, I look at the photograph and i just kind of put some thought into it you know and every now and again i've caught myself kind of saying okay you know so and so i'm making your bead now you know <laughs> here we go and i make it very clear to my customers there is absolutely nothing mystical about what i do i have no powers i've been asked if i can communicate with the dead and uh, i i have no powers i simply love what i do and i feel like i'm living the dream because to do to be able to do what you love and in that process help someone through a very difficult time it there's just no words to describe how it makes me feel
0: now when you said there's a studio for people to come and visit you can they watch you work they could if
1: i if my working studio were in a public place it's in my basement mm-hmm. so really they're a couple of factors really that play into this um it's it's our home and so we like our privacy if i were gonna if i were to take folks into my basement they'd be walking all through my house and the other part of it is there it, there is a certain liability i mean i'm, I'm mm-hmm. literally my, my license plate says it playing with fire and so if someone's there and gets hurt you know we do have insurance but that's not a risk that that we're willing to take. So the the short answer is no, I don't invite folks to come and watch me make beats. So the, beats. the artwork yeah. happens behind the veil of
0: mystery. Yes, <laughs> it does. And
1: there's a real trust factor mm-hmm, involved. Definitely. You know, they if, you have to trust me and if you don't mm-hmm. then I'm not the right person for you. Now, I
0: know you're local here in New Hampshire and yes. Nashville, but what percent of your sales are do I mean do you, is it nationwide, or worldwide? What where, where are sort of your your distribution I've
1: actua- the majority of my my business i would say comes from new england okay. not just new hampshire um, but i have filled orders from europe uh, alaska canada um, and in those cases these are people that have found me online they've gone they've gone online mm-hmm. they've they've kind of compared me and i say this because i've been told um they compare me to others and it's i think it's not just my work i think it's my approach to my work mm-hmm. and i'm honored that they select me to do the work
0: now, you said you also will do pets. What's your percentage of, you know, of, of people to pets? To to pets? Uh,
1: it started out mostly pets, okay. and um, approaching the possibility of doing humans was a really big deal to me, and um, I finally decided to accept some orders, and I wasn't sure what the experience was going to be like, and actually, it was a beautiful experience, because it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I love my pets, and they mean a lot to me. But there, it's an ama- It's a. It's a completely different realm, and um, so working with human cremains has become uh, the majority of my work. As a matter of fact, I'm, I guess every year it differs. But it, I would. But I would. I would say year to year, it's mostly human ashes. So, how many about.
0: items are you creating in a given week or month? I mean, we're we talking thousands, hundreds. Oh, I don't no. know.
1: Um, I would say possibly twenty uh, a week.
0: Twenty a week. Okay, that's, more, that's a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah it, it's it's sort of become a full time job, but but it's still very manageable. I can still enjoy my life, and I like to play golf, so I still get to golf. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the response good. to your work is is amazing. And you know, I met you at a um, a conference, yeah. a hospice conference, and you had a booth there, and um, just the people that came up to your booth all day long, holding your jewelry, just looking at it talking to you about your your, your creations it it's it's nice to see yeah. such a response to yeah. your craft i'm sure yeah it is i mean it just it it it's just really really special mm-hmm. and i think that the day that i feel that i'm not feel that i don't feel fulfilled by it is the day that i close shop because i don't have to be doing this i'm choosing to do it so you're clearly very passionate about this. I'm curious. What did you do before this? I was a probation officer in the federal
0: uh, court system. <laughs> oh, now I, see, now I see the connection. But actually, <laughs> right, right. Well, hey, I drove a, a, a front end loader before I came, you, a, became a funeral you... director. So yeah, the careers go <laughs> sideways sometimes. Okay. Well,
1: and you know what? I think these parallel each other because it's it's, the, it's how you look at it. Um, when I was working, the docs.
0: I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, in okay, that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna connect,
1: I'm gonna connect the dots very clearly. So when you when you're working as a probation officer, and I worked in what they called the pre-trial side. So I worked with uh, with prisoners that were brought in right at the time of the arrest. We would make recommendations about release or detention, and if the defendant was released, we would supervise. So it's all very sad. You know, it's it's tragic. Now you've got this person who maybe this was their first offense, or maybe they've got a, they've got a history of offenses, and the family circumstances aren't good, and they're looking at a the possibility of a very long prison sentence. Um, so that's all very sad. And while they're out on bail, I have or I had the opportunity to help them, kind of you know see that there that there there was a possibility to follow a different path in life. So we went from you know, sadness and distress and and horror and and just all these terrible things. And in the end, in many, many cases, I ended up helping people, you know, whether it was really encouraging encouraging them to complete their drug treatment or, you know, whatever it was, doing community service or, you know, I had lots of contacts with their families. So now I'm making the cremation beads. It all starts with a lot of sadness Mm -hmm. and tears and very sad tears. And what I find is that, when most of my customers receive their beads, they're they're not happy because you know the grief is such a such a strong feeling, um, but they feel comforted mm-hmm. and it helps it gives them something tangible to hold on to. I've had folks tell me that because of the cremation bead, that gave them the strength mm-hmm. and the will to now, you know, whether it was to spread the ashes in the ocean or do something else with them. So, it's pretty parallel. It's and my 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 background is in psychology. You know, it's about learning how to communicate with people and and having empathy and you know just just really being there. Have have
0: you have you heard or, or, or know of families that um have created the beads that have actually have scattered the beads out in the ocean or buried the beads? Are they always being kept as no?
1: And if that's happened, then I just haven't been informed. Right. But it's 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 kind of a lifelong thing. But like I said, plenty of people say, now I've got my bead. Now I, now I can spread the ashes.
0: And one last question. Sure. Um, how do, a little bit of time for self-promotion. So how do families find you? You talked about your website. You have a, what's your web address? you have a okay. phone number people can call sure. you at?
1: My website is uh, www.vclampwork.com. And uh, on that website, you would find a page that you can go to that will show you some samples of my work. From that page, you would see the Facebook logo, and that would take the person directly to my business Facebook page, and they they need not have a Facebook account. That would just let allow them to mm-hmm. go in and see lots and lots of beads uh, that I've made for other people, stories related with, to those beads, uh, kind of a touching Facebook page. And my telephone number, which is 603-321-2260. Um, I'm... I've gotten calls very early in the morning and very late at night, and that's that's fine with me. Well, I guess that's how you parallel our industry, right. then. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing happens yes. here. Yes.
0: Well, thanks, Vanji, for spending part of your morning with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, more of Dying to Talk. Welcome back to Dying to Talk. I'm your host, Buddy Fineff. Um, Vanji makes some really pretty stuff. Yeah. She does some... Um, I know we've had a number of families have used her, her products, and <laughs> they're... I was telling her she should raise her prices. I mean, her <laughs> prices are just very, very reasonable. Yeah, she's reasonable. extremely yeah.
1: affordable for the, the amazing work she Good does. Quality.
0: Yeah, so um, you can go to her website, take a look, and we'll, we'll add a link to, to our website at some point so people can, can go over and see some of her really pretty, pretty items. Mm-hmm. They're very nice and they're very meaningful. You can find Vandy's contact information in the show notes for this episode, which will link to photos of her very pretty artwork. Thank you for joining us on Dying to Talk. If you have questions about funerals or cremations in New Hampshire, Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Email me at buddy at that's buddy at p-h-a-n-e-u-f.net, or call me on my direct line, 603-625-5778. Our contact information is also in the show notes for each episode.